You are listening to the Hill City Church Podcast. Our mission is to become and make disciples who walk with God, connect with people, and impact the world. Merry Christmas, church. My name is Josh. I'm the lead pastor here at Hill City Church. It's so good to be with you. It's so good to see you and uh, to worship and celebrate Christmas with you. Did you get all your holiday shopping done? Anyone? Last service, someone was like, no, you're running out of time. You're running out of time. Uh, Of course, December 23rd, yesterday, what I like to call Christmas Eve Eve, is the second busy, busiest shopping uh, day of the year in America, only falling short to Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, which means there's only really two kinds of people, right? Those who like to get things done way too early and those who leave things way too late. Uh, Of course, Christmas and gift giving go hand in hand. I mean, think about some of the other holidays and the different word associations that we have with them, right? Easter eggs. I don't know how eggs got involved with Easter, but I'm, I'm happy about it. I love eggs. Uh, Easter eggs, and then you have Halloween candy. You get, you get candy at Halloween. What about Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving, I'll go ahead and give you one. Thanksgiving? Turkey, Turkey of course. And for Christmas, it's Christmas presents. And ever since, I've got a present up here. I've got a box up here. And ever since I was a kid, I loved Christmas presents. You want to see some throwback photos? All right, here's a, here's a throwback photo of me and my brother Andrew. He was up here earlier. Uh, that was us on our way to our Christmas Eve service. And so I remember what it was like to be a kid sitting in the Christmas Eve service, listening to the preacher, which was also my father, waiting for the sermon to be over. So we could go home, go to bed, wake up, and it's Christmas morning, there's presents, right? Uh, in fact, I, I pick out my own outfit. I know that's hard to believe. Uh, every Sunday, you know, I pick out my own clothes. But around the holidays, you know, my wife, she gets involved. And there's gotta, you know, everything's got to go together for the photos. So I told my wife, I was like, could we just duplicate what I had there? <laughs> can we get some of those suspenders? All right, here's another photo for you of me as a kid at Christmas. This is like Christmas morning. Uh, got the ugly sweaters going on. I think I have a raccoon hat for some reason in that one. And then uh, I, one year I got a Nerf football. And uh, I loved it so much, I was trying to consume it. <laughs> Just trying, you know how at, at recess there's always the Nerf, the Nerf balls and they always, someone took a bite out of it and you think, what kind of psycho would do, that's me, okay? You're talking about me. And, uh, but seriously though, I love, I lo- it's, it's, a, it's a great tradition. Giving presents, exchanging gifts, it's fitting at Christmas. The wise men, they brought Jesus those three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And it's a great way, G- gift giving is a love language. It's a way that we show love to one another. On your birthday, you get all the gifts, but on Jesus's birthday, everyone gets a gift, right? And it's, 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 it's an important way for us to actually remember what we're going to talk about this Christmas Eve, which is the greater gifts. I want to talk about four greater gifts of Christmas that I would guess probably didn't make your Christmas wish list. 
And we're going to be looking at the Christmas story, but it's actually a little bit different Christmas story than maybe you've heard before. We're going to be in Luke chapter 2. If you have a Bible and you want to look on with me as we go through this in Luke chapter 2, the story we're going to look at takes place 40 days after what Jake read earlier, 40 days after the silent night. You know, the round yon virgin, mother and child, right? That scene, the nativity, and there's the camels and the donkeys and the manger. 40 days later, uh, Mary and Joseph make their way to Jerusalem. They're no longer in Bethlehem. They're in Jerusalem. They go to the temple, and they're there for two reasons. They're there, first of all, uh, to offer a sacrifice for uh, the the ceremonial purification. It was part of the Old Testament law that if a mother gave birth, you had to go, you had to offer these sacrifices to become clean. And so this is one of the reasons we know that Mary and Joseph, economically speaking, were not well off. Instead of bringing the normal sacrifice, they bring two turtle doves. Did you know that's where we get the two turtle doves? I don't know where the partridge in a pear tree comes from, to be honest. But this is where the two turtle doves come from. That's, that, that's the, the, the most inexpensive offering that someone could bring. And that's what Mary and Joseph bring. And they were also there to dedicate 40-day-old baby Jesus in the temple. And as they're there in a temple, they meet a character who's one of the lesser known or maybe the unpopular characters from the Christmas story. If you're there, go ahead and look on with me. Luke chapter 2 Verse 25, now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So Simeon is this probably older man in the temple. We don't know if he was a priest or not, but he's hanging around the temple, and God had told him that he would see this thing called the consolation of Israel. So there is a prophecy in Isaiah 40, you can read it later, that God would comfort his people. He would heal the land. He would forgive them of their sins. And maybe there were many people living at that time, many Jews living at that time, who at one point they were waiting for that, But then they stopped waiting, and they grew weary, and they grew tired of waiting. But there was a faithful few, righteous people like Simeon, and there was a prophetess there in the temple named Anna, and they were still holding out. And this brings us really to the first gift of Christmas, and it's hope. Can you say hope? The first candle of Advent is The candle of hope. Advent is the season where we remember the coming of Christ. And what Christmas brings is it brings us hope in the waiting. Maybe for you, you can relate to Simeon, where you're waiting on God's comfort. You're waiting on healing. You're waiting on God to move. I mean, look around at the world. Wars rage on. Poverty takes millions of lives every single year. There's financial hardship. There's broken relationships. There's disease and death, and the list goes on and on and on. And we as people are waiting on God to move. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8 compares the waiting that we go through to the pains of childbirth, which is a fitting metaphor to talk about around Christmas. And this is what Paul writes to the church in Romans 8.23. 
And not only creation, but we, ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies, for in this hope we were saved. And what Paul writes there is really the source of this hope. Simeon had the Holy Spirit resting upon him, and it was the Holy Spirit who would reveal to him that he would actually meet the Messiah. He would meet the Lord's Christ. And what Paul says is if you have a faith in Jesus, then you have the very same Holy Spirit that was resting upon Simeon is living inside your soul. The Spirit of God living with you. And so you can have that same kind of hope. You can keep confidence in God. You can continue to wait and not lose faith. And that is one of the greater gifts that we see at Christmas. Turning back to the story, Mary and Joseph enter into the temple in Luke 2, 27. And when he came in the Spirit into the temple... And when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you've prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. Simeon says that line, now you are letting me depart in peace. This is similar to when something really good happens to you in your life and you say that line, I can finally die happy. Like this is the last item on my bucket list. And Simeon, as he's holding baby Jesus, 40 days old, he actually looks at this child with eyes of prophecy. He can see the future, the work that this child would do for us. And this brings us to the second gift of Christmas. It's the gift of peace. Can you say peace? Peace. It's the peace of God's promises. The peace of God's promises. Simeon says, I can finally depart in peace. The reality is that you can have peace even before you see the fulfillment of God's promises. Did you realize this? You can experience peace because of the character of the God that you worship, the God that you pray to is the same God that Simeon worshiped. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you can experience his peace because God is always true to his word. Think about those promises we have that Jesus not only came, 2,000 years ago as a baby in Bethlehem, he's coming back. And when he comes back, he will make all things new and he will wipe away every tear from every eye and God will dwell with his people and he will be our God and we will reign with him forever. Those are the promises we have to hold on to and we have peace now knowing that God is always true to his word. I think of the lines from Uh, Paul in Philippians 4, 7, writing to the church, he says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I pray this promise over my daughters when they're having trouble going to sleep at night. The peace of God can guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus because you know that God is always true to his word. Our peace doesn't come from our situation. Our peace comes from our Savior. Amen? Amen. 
Now, what Simeon does is as he's holding baby Jesus, he not only sees salvation, but he actually speaks prophecy. He says that this child is the salvation. It's the light of salvation. It's the light to the Gentiles and the glory of God's people, Israel. This is the third gift of Christmas. It's the gift of joy. Can you say joy? Joy. A joy of salvation. The joy of salvation. We know that Christmas time is a time of joy, right? You'll see, you'll see Hallmark greeting cards with the word joy on it. But the joy of salvation is the most important joy that you could ever receive in your life. This is the good news that will bring great joy for all people that the angels declared that night to the shepherds. See, we have all sinned and we need a savior. There's a brokenness with our relationship with God, our relationship with others, and a brokenness, if we're honest, even with our own soul. And that's a problem that none of us can fix. We need help, we need a savior, and the joy of salvation means that God wants to forgive you of your sin, adopt you into his family, and raise you up into a new life by the power of the gospel. Now, I wanna speak to maybe some of you who are sitting here on Christmas Eve, And church is maybe the last place you thought you would be on December 24th, 2022. And from the moment you walked in, you've been a little uncomfortable because you you know, you know all the things that go along with church or religion or Jesus. And the reality is maybe you feel like you're in a boat where you don't know what I've done. You don't know how I've sinned. You don't know how far I've walked away from God, and you're asking yourself that question when you even see the word salvation. Could God save me? There was a man in the Old Testament named David. He was king of Israel, and he's called a man after God's own heart. He's famous, killed a giant. You might have heard of him, right? He's famous for all these great things that he did, and yet he sinned in maybe some of the worst ways out of anyone in this this room. He sinned. And yet he goes before God in repentance. He humbles himself before the Lord. In Psalm 51, he writes this prayer and he prays this line in Psalm 51, 12. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. And if God can save David, God can save you. And maybe this year is the year that God restores to you. He gives you, he gifts you one of the most important gifts that you could receive, the joy of knowing Christ Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. And then back to the story. In Luke chapter 2, Simeon does something strange. He not only prophesies over baby Jesus, he turns and he speaks directly to Mary, the mother of the Son of God. In Luke 2, 33... And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Now, I suspect this is probably one of the reasons that Simeon is not one of the most popular Christmas characters. His story ends with this difficult prophecy that a sword will pierce through Mary's soul. 
See, Mary watched as her son Jesus grew up and lived a perfect life. He never sinned. He never, never fell short of God's glory like all of us do. And he never did anything deserving of punishment, penalty, wrath, or judgment. And yet, she was there watching with her own eyes as she saw her son arrested, put on trial, beaten, mocked, nailed to the cross to die for the sins of the world. And this brings us to the fourth gift of Christmas. It's love. Everyone say love. And the kind of love that God has for you is not this warm, fuzzy feeling. It's not the butterflies in your tummy. It's a love that costs everything. A love that costs everything. A love that would cause God, who loved the world so much that he gave what? His son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. John Foreman, the lead singer of the band Switchfoot, has a song, and he has this line. It's one of my favorite lines from any song. He says, if it doesn't break your heart, it isn't love. And this is why Simeon often gets left out of our Christmas stories. It's heartbreaking what would happen to Jesus, the Son of God, on the cross. And that's what Simeon is saying to Mary. He's prophetically preparing her for the sword of sorrow that would pierce her own soul. And yet, in 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, verse 7, Paul writes to the church, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. It's the love of Christ for you, for every single one of you. It's the love of Christ for us that caused him to endure the cross to bear the weight of sin in his shoulders as he died there. But the good news of the gospel doesn't end with the death. Three days later, Christ Jesus rose from the grave in victory, having victory over sin, death, and the devil. And because of God's richness of mercy and grace, he wants you to share in that victory. He he offers you forgiveness. He offers you victory over sin, death, and the devil. And he invites you to be made new, to be raised up into a new life in him. You can experience hope, peace, joy, and love. But there's actually a fifth gift. Anyone curious about what's in this box? Anyone want to take a guess? Last service, someone said chocolate. That was a pretty good guess. It's It's not chocolate, it's not chocolate. It's a candle, another candle, okay? So if if you're familiar with the tradition of lighting candles on Advent, there's actually five candles, and the fifth candle is the Christ candle. That's why it's a tiny candle, right? Little baby Jesus. The reality is, you cannot have any kind of substantial living hope any kind of peace that surpasses understanding, any kind of abounding joy, any kind of real love without first receiving the gift of Christ. And so that's what I wanna invite you to do this Christmas. If you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can receive the best gift that's ever been given, the gift of Christ Jesus. Now, it's not a gift that you unwrap from a box but it is a gift that we must receive by faith. And faith means we put our full trust 
in Jesus, both as your Savior to save you from your sins and also as your Lord to follow him with everything. And so this Christmas, if you've never received the gospel, maybe the Holy Spirit has pierced through your own soul even this evening. And you're, you're, you're wondering, how do I receive the gift of Christ? Today you can pray and ask God to forgive your sin and lead your life. I pray that you would take the step of baptism the way Jesus instructs us to declare our faith in him. And I recognize there may be some of you who you feel like the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you and opening your heart, but you're just honestly not quite sure yet. And I don't wanna push anything on you or pressure you into anything, but I wanna just invite you Maybe 2023 is the year that you commit to wrestling with those doubts, to asking those questions, to naming the hesitations, and we wanna be a church that is there to walk alongside with you as you discover your own walk with God. Amen, church? Amen. Jesus, in John 8:12 says this. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And I'm here to tell you, if you want to experience hope in the waiting, peace of God's promises, the joy of salvation, and a love that costs everything, you must receive Christ as the light of your life and follow him. Thanks for tuning in to the Hill City Church Podcast. You can find out more about our church at hillcityboise.org. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Hill City Boise. We hope this teaching has encouraged you and helps you follow Jesus with everything.